Um, it's good to be here tonight. My name is Brian Eide. If you don't know me, I tend to uh, come to the first service, and so if you're a second service person, maybe we don't cross paths too much. I am one of the non-vocational uh, pastor elders uh, with, with Gulf Coast, and it's my joy to be here. Uh, I guess we're in a seven-part series, right? I think this is week number six, if I have my bearings straight here. But uh, listen, I'm delighted to talk about this topic tonight, uh, community groups and, and just the living out of community um, in, in fellowship with one another. And so this is a good thing. A um, little bit about me, though. Uh, I've been coming to Gulf Coast about 10 years. Uh, it's going to be 10 years this summer. It's been a delight. And community uh, has played a factor since we started. My wife and I rolled into town. Uh, then with three boys, we've got five boys now. Uh, but rolled into town, uh, coming from, where was it? It was Wisconsin at the time. And my dad calls about three hours after we got into town. He says, so have you started unpacking? I said, started? <laughs> a, a group from the church came out, and they've got the, the truck unpacked, and they've loaded our fridge with meals. Uh, we're done. And my dad's not a believer. And he just could not believe uh, that strangers would roll into a new city <laughs> and already uh, just have uh, the community and, and just the help uh, uh, like that so unexpectedly. And that speaks volumes uh, to the world. It really does. So it is a, is a joy to speak about these things. Uh, we, let's go ahead and just start with uh, a little word of prayer here. Heavenly Father, uh, we, just, we come before you. We're thankful for your wisdom and your design. Lord, truth is, sometimes we wouldn't design some of the, the life in Christ the way you have. And so would you just help us with your Holy Spirit uh, to reorient and readjust, uh, Lord, where maybe we would tend to place our focuses other than where you do. And would you, in every way, help us to see the sweetness and the goodness uh, of your perfect design uh, for fellowship in the body. And we just give you this time now. We ask that your spirit would be present in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Hey, well, uh, just a little bit uh, as we think about this, you know, it's kind of interesting to ponder uh, just a, a few thoughts. You know, you, you think about what does, what does a brand new believer need? We could go lots of places on this question, but I, I'll move on to just a few other thoughts here. I'll throw them all out at once. Uh, what does what a long-time believer need? What, what will help to encourage and strengthen somebody in their faith, whether, whether new to that faith or, or whether they're, uh, you know, seasoned in that faith. Uh, what is the greatest tool or one of the greatest tools we could have when we think about worship or evangelism or even kind of fighting the battle against sin and temptation and just, uh, you know, other elements uh, of this, including even evangelism? What's a good tool for that? Um, you know, think about how is it that we're, you know, going to, in God's image, uh, reflect that image to others best, uh, demonstrating his character and receiving the goodness of it. What's the primary vehicle that God will want to do this in and, and through which this mission can be carried out? And one could probably make a strong argument that community, if it's not the sole way, it is a vital way. It's inherent in the design that God has had uh, from the beginning. And when I think about Gulf Coast Community Church, I've given you the example already of my first week in town experiencing uh, this body in action. Community does stand out. And... Uh, you know, as we move forward uh, into the future, I've been here 10 years. Uh, I want that to
to continue to be the prominent role. We all do. And, uh, you know, as you think about it, you've had, you know, various experiences. Uh, even week to week, we can have different experiences of community or fellowship in the body. And sometimes, frankly, we're just exhausted. We might arrive to a weekly morning meeting, Sunday morning meeting, or we might arrive to a community group meeting. We might just be kind of running on fumes. It's quite possible. Uh, believe it or not, even though I've taught community, uh, led, I'm sorry, community groups for several years, there can be many gr- year or many weeks, I should say, where I have to just kind of remind myself, okay, every time we do this, even if I feel tired at the beginning, because we do our community group right now, we're doing it Friday nights, even if I feel tired at the beginning, it's been a long week, I always feel energized afterwards. And so I have to remind myself, it's not necessarily about how I feel going in. We might be running on fumes, and humanly speaking, we might be saying, oh, I don't know, tonight. Uh, that may be true for some on a Sunday morning as well. But as we experience the community together, uh, that has really a, a profound ability to transform even the way, the dynamic of our, our week. And, and so, um, you know, there's going to be times where, where we're... S- struggling, times where we're discouraged. We need the encouragement of one another. And I think so often uh, the enemy of our soul would love to just kind of have us uh, retreat and, and, you know, we can be kind of inclined to think what I, what I best need now is just to kind of be on my own and to, you know, kind of check out. And, and don't get me wrong, there's a, there's a good and appropriate time for, for rest and renewal that way. But so often, I think we, we, we can bypass, if we're not intentional about being in community, one of the uh, best means for not only sharpening and strengthening us, but, but also just encouraging us and, and renewing us. And so it's really vital as we think about uh, just this whole element of community. It's vital to resist the temptations that are going to come not to partake in it. And there are many. You hear a lot of people these days suggesting, you know, I don't really need to attend a church. It's, it's you know, that's formal, religious, you know, I, I've got my faith and I'm good. You know, on, on one level, if all this was a mental exercise, there could be truth to that. But as we're going to see tonight, the scriptures call us to so much more and we are in need of so much more than we realize to carry out that calling uh, that really uh, life together uh, is not something we can dispute. It's, a, it's a, 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 you know, uh, not only a vital thing, but it's, it's an imperative. And so uh, we want to recognize that. Uh, as we get started, I want to I take just a, a quick look at maybe the, the most famous passage, uh, New Testament-wise, on, on some of this community. And we take a look at... Um, the passage in Acts 2. Some of you may be very familiar with it. Um, and we'll take a look at this. Could, could I have somebody read uh, a little scripture for us? I won't force you to, but yeah, thank you. Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and, all, and you will all receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off for all whom the Lord our God will call. With many other words, we warn them, and he pleaded with them, save yourselves from the corrupt generations. Those who accept his message were baptized, 
and about 3,000 were added to their numbers that day. Great. This is going to be the, the beginning uh, of this community. And could I have somebody else, uh, tag team here for the second part? Would you do that for us, Hope? Thank you. Excellent. Hey, in just a very simple conclusion uh, that we would make, uh, or at least observation about this, is that this, this is gospel-born. This community is a direct result uh, of a life-changing you know, impact uh, of the gospel. And so uh, that's, that's really important that we recognize that. As we're talking about fellowship and community tonight, it's got to be the gospel uh, that all of this springs from. You know, as we looked at this passage, the people were baptized. At that point, they entered the new community, and salvation in Christ was the beginning of this. Uh, Gordon Fee has a, um, an interesting quote for us here. We think about this, and he says simply that God is not just saving individuals, preparing them for heaven. Rather, he is creating a people among whom he can live with and whom in their life together will tangibly reproduce God's life and character. Well, I just want to stop for a minute and, and just wonder how many people, especially as we have that, already that voice given to this idea that I don't really need others, I, I can, can do church on my own, I can do you know, the, the life of Christ on my own. I wonder how many of those people recognize that the calling is so much greater uh, than just having a little bit of truth about God there. Well, we're called to radiate that truth, to reflect it, to be constantly putting it out. We're, we're called to a mission, and we're going to get to that uh, more in just a bit. Uh, but the truth is uh, that we are called to something far greater than we could ever do on our own. And First Peter uh, hits on this very thought. Could I have another person uh, read? Thank you very much. What's your name? Tori. Tori. Thank you, Tori. That's a calling. Wow. You, you might not think of yourselves routinely as in the ministry, but we're all. This, this isn't a handbook for pastors right here. This is a, a call to all who are Christians. When you became united with Christ, you've been commissioned uh, uh, to the role of ministry. You're, you're a royal, involved in a royal priesthood. And that doesn't mean, obviously, vocationally, that we all have the same calling. However, 
it does mean that we're all on mission. And so I wonder so many times if we really grasp this as a nation, we need to look to the scriptures and recognize uh, just what it is to be involved in the life of the church. It is to be recognizing this role. And so as we look at community, we've got to recognize, hey, we've got a larger need than just uh, having a little bit of uh, time together. We, we, we've got to be purposeful at times. And so uh, we're going we're gonna to get into this more with uh, some points that we'll draw out in a moment. Uh, but it's clear that the church is a community of God's people, a community that's going to be gathered for his mission. And as we display God's character to a watching world, and we testify uh, with our words and our lives to the greatest wisdom and the work of salvation that we could really ever imagine. And so uh, we'll take a look at one other passage here. Can I have one other reader here for me? We'll take a siesta from those in a moment. But yeah. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Excellent. I'm, gl- I'm glad, given the, the great magnitude of this calling, I'm glad that we've got the promise of a great empowering for it. Um, again, we look at this, community is ultimately going to reflect something of who God is. The, the truth is, when we think about even the Trinity, we realize that God has community in and of himself with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And so it, he is desiring that we would reflect something of that community in our fellowship together. It, it gives him glory and honor. Even our gathering together with an intent and a purpose uh, just to, to recognize his calling, it is a part of our worship. And so it's really profound. You might not really think about it routinely that way unless you stir your mind to. But, but we are, when we're operating in the way that God has designed for us and the things that he's designed for us to partake in, that does uh, give him much pleasure. God's made us as persons in community to be the vehicle through which he would reveal his glory. And so that's really interesting to think about that. And as we think about Gulf Coast wanting to be on mission in St. Petersburg, simply our gathering together and being intentional about the things that he's called us to is part of the way uh, that he's going to make himself known. With these things in mind, I I don't simply want to appreciate these things, simply to agree with them and and think that that's good, that's nice. I want to participate in them. And I, and I trust ultimately that you do too. But we need to spur each other on uh, to this attitude of participation. And as we kind of shift gears to our main focus tonight, it is going to be community groups um, for, for the carrying that out. Community groups are one of the key places that we can connect and experience informal times of worship. As we, uh, we've seen some of these in Acts 2, they're breaking bread together. They're just sharing life together. And that is part of the, the vision for community groups. It's the place where we can be joined to one another. We can be devoted uh, to one another. We can counsel one another. We can honor one another. We can confess our sins, forgive, bear with, carry the burdens of each other, be kind to, teach, admonish, build up, pray for, and love one another. If, if you're kind of catching some echo of this, these are all scriptural uh, commands. And again, you think about how many people are, are thinking, hey, you know, I, I got this church thing down. I don't really need to be a part of a body. And let me clarify, I'm not speaking to the people that are physically unable to attend a body, but I am speaking to the people that have just decided that 
church life gets a little too messy or <laughs> there's hypocrites in the church, so therefore, you know, I just try to avoid uh, church life altogether. We're going to have a difficult time carrying out these one another's that are so throughout the New Testament scriptures if we're simply hanging out by ourselves. Community groups are going to be the vehicle at Gulf Coast for which we attempt to carry out a good many of these things. And as we look at uh, the remainder of our time tonight, I really want to highlight three things that we're hoping to accomplish through community groups. Community groups certainly aren't the only way to accomplish community, but we see them as a a vital way of of really highlighting uh, three things. Uh, First of all, uh, the, the call to discipleship. And secondly, uh, giving a measure of of extension to pastoral care. And thirdly, uh, to spur on uh, our call to mission. And so we look at those three things. We're going to unpack those just a little bit further in our remaining time tonight. So again, uh, just emphasizing community uh, is the call. Community groups are one of the ways that we could carry out that call. So looking at the first, let's uh, discuss a little bit about uh, community groups being a vehicle for discipleship. And really, uh, with that thought, I want to emphasize two things. And first of all is, is that uh, we want to remember that the main goal is not basically to check off that there's been a weekly service or some sort of a weekly requirement, okay? Uh, the programs are great. But if we become program-focused rather than looking to the heart of what the program exists for, we're really going to miss the point. And so as we look at this, uh, it's not about attending primarily a weekly service. But, uh, you know, Matthew 28 kind of highlights some of the need for discipleship and really, I'd say, ultimately evangelism because there's not really a hard and fast distinction in all of this. And can I have another reader? Somebody uh, catch this one for me. Thank you, Dan. Okay, excellent. You know, we, we could be tempted to think this re- refers to only basically seeing conversions or caring for new believers. But I'm going to argue that this is a lifelong process of, of being a disciple and learning and growing in discipleship. And it's something we've got to really make a, a lifestyle. Um, if we th- carefully uh, think about commission, this commission, it involves teaching, it takes time, it involves care. And the truth is that all of us are called to this road of growing or maturing in Christ. And we're all on the same road. We, we may you know, be at different points of spiritual maturity, but we're all called uh, to that same task. Uh, we are disciples, and a disciple is ultimately a learner or a student, is a pupil. And so we say, what is the best way to help someone learn what it is to follow Jesus? There's been a lot of things that come to mind. Uh, some would say, you know, a one-to-one meeting, you know, meet, meet with people. Uh, others would say classes, uh, get involved in some dis- discipleship classes. You might say, hey, the preaching of the word is, is the vital part of that. Uh, one, one person speaking to many. Um, but another angle on that that might not come directly to your mind when you think of what, what and how should discipleship happen is community. I don't know if that is on your radar for that very process, the one to another that just happens in our everyday living together. But it's a call that you and I are, are meant to you know, take up, that we might be a part of spurring each other on and sharpening each other in this. Brad House, 
He's got a great book um, called Community. He says that discipleship is about providing a means by which we begin to shepherd people in the direction of maturity. Discipleship classes and the like can only be considered a booster shot within a greater strategy for discipleship. This is because discipleship is a lifelong pursuit. I like the focus of this. He's just recognizing, hey, we've, we've got to make this our goal from start to finish. Not something we did a season ago or for a season, but something that is a lifelong call. So if discipleship is a lifelong pursuit, and if it is the responsibility of the entire church, then we need to provide a means which we can all be involved in this. And so this, again, gets us back to community groups. Uh, There is a plan here that discipleship uh, could be available not only to everyone, but that everyone would partake uh, in that process as well. And so that is a vital part of our goal. You might echo with a a quote that uh, Brad mentions in his book further on down. He records somebody's uh, comment on community groups. He says, sounds great, but you don't know my care group. I'd love to see see it as discipleship, but I'm having a hard time seeing it as beneficial. I don't know what your experiences in groups have been. Sometimes they go really well. Uh, sometimes not so well. Maybe you get the person that talks too much. <laughs> Maybe you get a group that doesn't talk at all, and you say, oh, this just seems really difficult to endure this week after week. Uh, maybe you can relate to it. Maybe you have felt like it's an obligation. You, you go, oh, but oh, I'm glad it's done. Do we really got to go next week? <laughs> Does it feel like you've been a part of it? Because that's the way we've always done it. Uh, you know, I think... If we're being honest, you can at least identify in part, maybe in fuller part. Maybe you've felt like you're just going through a mental checklist. You're just going to, yeah, we opened up in prayer. Yep, we did the worship. Yep, the same three people are talking each week. Okay, got that one done. <laughs> Those kind of things, that the monotony that can set in uh, can, can tempt us to say, well, what is the point in all of this? It can make us want to quit. One of the things I try to do, uh, you know, I'm, our group isn't perfect. Uh, you're not going to find any perfect community group. Uh, but, but one of the things I try to do is envision us each week that we're, why we're meeting. I say at the end of the, the time together, thank you for investing your time in this group. You're, you're not only strengthening us, but you're really strengthening the health, health of Gulf, Gulf Coast Community Church. And it may seem, uh, you know, hard to really buy into from an earthly perspective that, that our spending time fellowshipping with one another, again, brings a smile to God, and it has the, the ability to transform the life of the church and the outward witness of it. And so, really, when you partake uh, in something like a community group, and I want to emphasize like, because there are other ways to, you know, partake in community but when we engage in that, and when we make time for that, we're doing something much more, okay? The temptation can be so strong to say, oh, this is just a weekly activity we do. We check this off, and, and we say, hey, you know, we, we, we went, but did I get something out of it? You know, let, me, let me be clear. If you never get anything out of community group, that's a bad sign. <laughs> we, we need to be making some changes. But listen, the, the primary question isn't necessarily, did I get something out of it? 
It's did I engage with biblical intent, the purpose for what we're getting together for? Because as you're thinking, what can I bring to the table? What can I offer to this group time? That can transform the very thing, and it really changes the focus of of what we're doing and why we're going. And so literally, whether it's a Sunday morning or whether it's a you know community group uh, evening, I want to say to myself, hey, is there somebody that I can pray for specifically? I've had my ears open all night. Or Sunday morning, I run into people, and they're talking about this or that during the week. Hey, why not stop and pray for them individually? That doesn't have to happen just as we sit in a circle together, okay? Those times that can be awkward at times. There are these times that are you know, challenging to keep awake. You know, it's been a long night, and that, that prayer request time took forever. No, we can pray at any point, right? And so really, uh, go with your ears open and with your mind engaged. Hey, how can I encourage, challenge, equip somebody? It's not all uh, about what did I get from the evening. A lot of times it's what did I contribute to the evening. Well, this is just a bit of our call. We've got an exhortation. Hebrews makes it clear. Uh, let's go with the head with this one. Anybody up for Hebrews 10? Thank you, sir. Excellent. Hey, we've got a lot of uh, people who label uh, themselves as Christians that have become in the habit of, of not really meeting together. And yet we have a direct call. And you can see, even hear it, it follows some of what we've been talking about already. It's not just a call to check off, but it's a call to be actively engaged in, uh, looking for how we might spur one another on. And so again, that outward focus does change the whole dynamic of how we do this this very thing. And let me just add to this. This is saying something about uh, the blood of Christ that's at work to make all this possible. Can I just emphasize, well, if you start the book of Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 1, uh, you start really getting into that, it's going to grip you. The first three chapters are really going to talk about uh, why and the how uh, that God sets up this body, the bride of Christ. And it blows me away that from before time began, before one single person ever drew a breath on this earth, God's got a a divine plan to build himself a body of Christ, a a church. Later on in Ephesians, it'll talk about a building built with spiritual bricks. This is something that he purposed from before time began. He knew it would cost him the life of his son. He was willing to make that payment. And even that payment, Ephesians 1 says, and you were included in Christ when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. Having believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance. All of this is wrapped up in some large vision that God has in mind. And you know, when you stop and get a hold of that vision, You say, wow, this isn't something I'm required to do. (laughs) This is something that I get to partake in, something that is so amazing. It's eternally planned before time began, and God wants to include me. (laughs) Wow, 
It's not about how much do I have to do. It's about I, I can't believe. Am I, am I reading this right? I, I get to partake in, in this bride of Christ. And when we begin to have our minds transformed about what this opportunity is and what this is all about, it really has the opportunity to change the way that we're focusing on all of this. And so we see this as a privilege, uh, which it is. There's going to come a day and age where all of this is going to be made clear uh, to all creation. And wow, what a day that will be when God rises us all up uh, and, and honors us in the midst of that. Uh, it's just it's going to be pr- profound. I, I want to be found participating now. And so Hebrews 10, we've got that exhortation. Let, let's hold fast to this hope and let's do these things together. Well, uh, in addition, we'd say, hey, I already mentioned before, we're all on a road to maturity, right? And so really we'd ask the question, uh, if we're talking about discipleship in the body, uh, we say, how does this happen? And, and you know, uh, first and foremost, uh, a part of our fellowship has to be centered around the Word of God. We need routine uh, pointing back to the Word of God. We forget it. We become distracted in it. And, and we've got to be uh, the one another's who are calling each other to it. And, and so this is, this is important. One of the greatest ways that you and I can stir one another to love and good works is by applying the Word of God to our lives and making sure that we gather to hear God's Word preached and through that apply the Word to our own lives. This is, this is absolutely vital. And so with that, just, just a challenge. Uh, continue to be somebody who is working through uh, the text that even we read today, Proverbs 4. Read that throughout the week. Show up to a community group or another event, uh, you know, with, with other believers. Being ready to kind of think Proverbs 4. This is a good opportunity uh, to stir ourselves up to this very thing. And so, uh, you know, be preparing yourself for that. Ask the Spirit for wisdom and understanding. The truth is, application is important. And we often talk about, you know, what does this mean for me? And that's a good question. But in the end, we don't want to lose sight of the goal should be to know Christ through it. Uh, Philippians uh, comes through loud and clear there. So, hey, as we think about community groups and, and growing in our understanding of the Word and, and applying the Word, uh, we'd say, hey, a community group is going to be a good indicator of how well a church understands the gospel. In our case, how well does Gulf Coast Community Church understand the gospel? Your, your time in a community group is probably going to be some sort of a barometer for that very thing. And so if we're going to be transformed by the gospel individually, we're inevitably going to show up, and that's going to have an impact on how we communicate even during that time. Um, and so yeah, you, you can just kind of tell when, when people are gripped by the Word. Uh, you, know, you can ask them, hey, well, what have you been reading in the Word? And, and some be like, hey, I've been, I've been meditating on this. And, and it's just really... Uh, it's challenging me, or it's really encouraging me. Uh, other times, we can find it where we're seasons of life, and people are like, oh, um, well, I haven't really been in the Word. Okay, a vital part of community together is just to spur that on. Then that, that's a question that I want to get, even when I'm not in the Word, because I need the challenging, uh, you know, kind of provoking, and not not enough. Um, you know, a judgmental sense, but just in a, hey, I care about you. What are you reading? Yeah, that kind of a sense. Uh, just to call in the best of, of each other in. And so uh, if we're being transformed by the gospel, it's going to show up. Uh, we're going to talk about 
Jesus outside of our Bible study as well in our community group time if, if that's impacting and transforming us. Uh, again, we mentioned about you can pray even when you're outside of a circle, right? And so uh, you can kind of tell when the gospel is getting a hold of a, of a group and say, hey, that's uh, not limited to prayer time uh, or if... You know, we find that we can talk about uh, how the gospel or how Christ is making an impact on, on things in our business or, or things, uh, you know, just in our, in our week-to-week events, even the sports and the other activities that we're playing in. You know, these things are, are going to be gauges to say, hey, is, is our group being transformed in the gospel? And, and the, hope, the hope is very strongly it would, that we'd be carrying out those one another's provoking each other uh, to these loves, love and good works and, and just uh, the memory of, of God's word. If we can't do that, uh, then I think we're compartmentalizing the gospel. Maybe we're leaving it for a Sunday morning activity or maybe uh, you know, we maybe extend that to a community group time for that hour and a half or whatever that is. But we really, we really need to be letting that show through uh, on any given day of our week. So pointing to the word, secondly, accountability and this is another element that we want to highlight. Uh, sin is deceitful. It does have a numbing effect on all of our heart, uh, you know, for participating in community and really drawing near to God and the Word. And again, we need others around us, uh, kind of overlapping with what I said just a moment ago. We, just, we need others around us who are going to lovingly call us uh, to consider uh, these things. And, and so this is, again, a, a vital part about it. Um, I've heard it said that change is a community project. And the truth is, sanctification does take place as we live out life together. You might have heard uh, the proverb, as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. And the conviction that we receive uh, from the proclamation of God's word on Sunday it ought to lead us uh, to moments of confession, repentance, celebration, and, and good works. And, and so you know, the truth is, though, uh, all too often, uh, what happens in a given week, we can become distracted. Uh, I know just as well as anybody in this room, you can have the greatest heart uh, to pursue Christ, but various uh, stresses and, and things just clamor for our attention all week long. could be a stressful uh, you know, due, uh, due date at work or a deadline at work. could be a stressful interaction with managers. You're just constantly being rerouted in your attention and your focus uh, towards things that are you know, uh, necessary to keep your job rolling. Uh, could be other relational difficulties. Uh, sometimes we're just distracted by our own success and entertainment. We need, we need some sort of a, a, a built-in uh, community that's going to renew our minds and, and call us back to keeping the main thing the main thing. It is so easy to let a week go by. We can become two weeks and before you know it, a month. And we can go through a whole season of just really being ineffective uh, and, and really uh, stunted in some ways in our faith. Not, not less loved by God, not outside of the reach of his grace or the, the good of the gospel, but really uh, not, not sharp, right? And we need, we need this kind of community that calls us back and encourages us, spurs us on. And so, uh, again, community group can do this. Well, Paul David Tripp says uh, it's, it's not about uh, lying in wait to catch them doing wrong, this whole accountability thing. The purpose of accountability is to assist people to do what's right for them in the long run. Accountability provides loving structure, guidance, encouragement, and warning to someone who is fully committed to the change God is working 
in his life. And so I think that's just a, a, a good reminder. And, and a question uh, I can just throw out is, do, do you see the need? Do you see the need for other Christians to point you to the Word, to help you see Jesus, to help you recognize the victories uh, that have come, and to pray with you yeah, in the moments where you fall? It's vital. Do you see the need to fight against sin and, and the flesh and, de- and the devil and to do so helping uh, you know, one another believe the promises of God found in Scripture? This is, this is just something that is so inherent. We are so quick to be distracted and to forget these things. This is a vital part uh, of our being called uh, to community. It is a vital part of the calling that we need to, to carry out. Well, so the first one is pretty clear that we're called uh, to discipleship. And that discipleship, I'm going to say flat out, is going to be very, very next to impossible to carry out outside of community. Second one, and these uh, second two points are going to go a lot faster here. Um, Let's see, did I get behind here? No, I got ahead. Uh, Maybe I'm wrong. Where do we go? Uh, Second one here is going to be the uh, community groups being a vehicle for, for pastoral care. And this is simple, but it's important. The truth is, there's no way uh, that given any large size of, of, of a church group that, that a one pastor or a small pastoral team can effectively care for everybody. Community groups are a vital uh, way that this is going to happen. Pastors do have a responsibility, though, uh, to care for and watch and shepherd the church. Hebrews uh, 13 makes that clear. Can I have a volunteer to read that passage for us? Anybody got that? Thank you, Lester. All right. So listen, obviously the focal point that I'm getting at here is they do have an accountability that they will face, uh, we, we do, for, for how, how we lead. And so uh, the bottom line, uh, as we think about that, is that it's, it's easy to write this off and just assume people are doing fine. And the truth is, uh, most people left to themselves aren't going to do fine for too long. We, we need... We need loving interaction with one another. It's easy to write this off, uh, but we see community group as an extension of pastoral care. We want to make sure that every, every member is being cared for uh, and is caring for others. And I mentioned already, there's no way that any pastoral team can do this effectively, perfectly for everybody. One of the, one of the beauties of being involved in community group is you have people that are immediately aware uh, of situations going on in your life, provided that you're being transparent enough with them for that to take place. And that does give a good opportunity as well for sometimes, uh, you know, pastors to become aware of things as well that they might not otherwise know. If you're not routinely interacting uh, with Jerry each week, how is he going to know some of your greatest struggles? But you might uh, encounter a whole group in your community group, and you might mention that prayer, and so that gets out there, and, and, you know, it just, it becomes much much more likely that you're going to get immediate care uh, for some of those things. Now, obviously, we've already mentioned everybody's got a pastoral role in one sense. We're not saying uh, by that that there isn't a, a, a need and a time for you know, uh, pastoral care from, from a vocational pastor, but simply that so many of the things that we encounter 
uh, can be helped and assisted immediately uh, by those uh, in our midst. And, and so this is uh, just a vital uh, element of our care. And, and I really think, oh my goodness, how many people are, that aren't in fellowship, how many of them just go through life uh, just not having some of their, their greatest needs ever really even uh, helped? And so uh, this is just you know uh, a wonderful part of being in the body and being together. Uh, that's probably, probably why, too, is we, we try to keep the community group somewhere between 8 and 20. We don't want to get them too large uh, because otherwise even a community group can become an ineffective place uh, for receiving you know, care in a timely manner. And so uh, community groups, again, are, are going to be the, the primary place that you're going to find uh, just care on an everyday level uh, for, um, for yourself and the uh, primary way that you can be involved in that for others as well. Well, finally, um, the third one that we want to look at is that we've got a vehicle for mission. And uh, scripture here from First Peter, can somebody read that for us? Thank you. For you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. And you may declare the praise of him who called you out of the darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you have not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Dear friends, I urge you, such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. Good. Hey, uh, we, we, we did read from this one earlier, but it comes back, it circles back for us, and so we, we need to recognize that this this calling again. Really, we are on mission. And you know, you're going to search our website. You're not going to find your, your, your name on the list of missionaries we support. Uh, but the truth is, you are uh, one of the local missionaries here at this church. And so uh, there aren't, uh, there are goers and there are senders uh, is, is a, a common, uh, you know, thought. But no, uh, you're both a goer and a sender. God sent his son and is now uh, sending us to, to image his son, to bear that image uh, in our community, to reflect Jesus, to point others to the greatness uh, of, of the son. And we do this because we're commanded to, but also, as I mentioned earlier, we, we get a vision for God's design and all this from eternity past. We do it because it's, it's our pr- privilege, really. Um, and so as we think about that, this is a great opportunity to, to engage in mission, not only in helping one another, but then even looking beyond. And I would say early on in the community group times, uh, there was less of a focus there, but many of the groups are now uh, getting very good at looking outward and saying, hey, what's something that we want to do as a group that's going to impact our community? Some might do it for a neighborhood. Some might do it for uh, just a larger community uh, context. Uh, But speaking of context, contextualization is really uh, what we're talking about. Um, We're talking about communicating the gospel in a particular place, time, and culture to a particular people in a way that can be understood without diluting the truth. And we're called to that. Uh, I think this is our final scripture. Somebody got that? Thank you.
Great. We've, we've got, again, the, the neat thing about uh, doing mission as a group is you're going to find certain people within the group just naturally have a passion uh, for a particular, you know, uh, mission, and, and they're really effective at mobilizing others for it. You saw Scott Mehiran, uh up today talking about uh, Walk for Life, and I love to see him up there for that. He's, he's in my community group. When, when, when I see his heart and his passion uh, for the unborn, you just want to turn him loose to say, hey, Scott, how would you lead us uh, to, to come alongside of you in, in being a voice for that? And so he's out every Saturday morning uh, you know, at the, the clinics, and uh, we have the opportunity uh, from time to time to go out there with him. And so it's just a, a neat opportunity to be on mission. We can do that as a group. And so uh, that's going to look different from group to group, but I love that these groups provide a context for that Okay, and that can look different for some. It's more direct evangelism, whatever it is. But you know, we we think about each one of us uh, may be inclined or or have a passion for a particular area of advancing the kingdom of God, and, and so it just becomes a great opportunity for you to exercise that or to get alongside of somebody else who's already got that passion moving. But uh, it's it's neat to to just be looking outward uh, together and uh, impacting not only neighborhoods but the, the community at large. And so uh, as we think about the, the general rhythm of community groups, the when, the where, uh, the what of community, we do really want to have communities being flexible uh, to meet people uh, in a way that will work for their time or their day of the week or whatever. You've probably heard more recently uh, Maddie and Hugh Higgins give their testimony of just realizing that for their particular group it was a hard time or season of life to do a traditional evening time, and so they'll meet Sunday afternoons and just do some different things. Uh, the, the point is we can shake this up, and it can look different for different groups, uh, but it's so vital to be in, involved uh, in a group and to find one uh, that's going to work for you that way. Uh, so, uh, again, when we looked at you know, uh, all of this, we say, well, why do we do what we do when we gather? Uh, does this have life? Does it give life? How can we adjust uh, what can we do that will help newcomers feel less awkward? These are all questions we want to continue to look at. We're not suggesting we've got all of this down to a, a science. There may be lots of ways that this can continue to grow and improve. But again, what's the, what's the goal? It's, it's to be in community. And, and so this is just vital that even as we stumble at times through it, uh, and you're going to find uh, you're not in the com- perfect community group. Uh, if you find that community group, uh, let me know. <laughs> But, but I don't think that's a unique uh, you know, issue to our church either. The truth is we're all uh, just human beings uh, trying to, to grow in the, in the knowledge and, and the grace of God. And so you're going to find people that stumble at times. But don't, don't let that uh, be a deterrent from your being involved in community together. It, we've got the call and the commission. And by the way, uh, why would we be on mission to forgive one another <laughs> if there was nothing to forgive. So there's lots of opportunities for us to grow in, in giving one another grace uh, as well. So um, these are just a few things here. Uh, as we think of, about mission, you know, a multiplication uh, of our groups is one of the goals. And so there may be times uh, where you're involved in a group that splits. We just had one uh, happen recently as Travis uh, and, and Angela uh, are now uh, leading a new group coming uh, out of uh, their old group, and so that that may happen, and at times that that 's hard to you know see a group split, but it 's also a good thing. You think about the mission and just think think about the multiplication, more people uh, being impacted and reached and that 's a good thing. Well, let me uh, wrap us up here 
as we think about all of these things, we've been highlighting three main areas, right? We've been looking at discipleship, uh, we've been looking at pastoral care, and we've been looking at uh, a bit on mission, all of these things happening in the context of community. And a Gulf Coast community church, community groups is a vital part of how that happens. And so (laughs) community groups are a lifestyle. They are a lifestyle. And it's one I would really, if you're not involved in one, I'd really call you uh, to, to consider getting involved in one right away. Uh, if you are involved in one and it's just kind of been kind of hit or miss for you, I'd really like uh, to challenge you to, to consider the larger goal in mind and, and maybe reevaluate, hey, can I get more uh, plugged in and on board with the, with the goal? Um, but so uh, it is a lifestyle and it's made possible because of the death and resurrection of Christ. It's a testimony to the truth of God's love and his power uh, to transform us and to, to uh, set us apart for his purposes. And so, uh, you know, we, we've got to constantly be renewing our vision as to why we're meeting together. Are there obstacles that you'll face? Yeah. Uh, I, I just, again, call you to, 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 to push back on some of those and recognize, hey, there, there is a vision outside of just me and what I'm getting out of it. It's for, for God's glory. It's his design, and it's, it's something that gives him great pleasure. So the next time you share a meal with somebody... <laughs> Or the next time uh, you serve in some uh, seemingly insignificant way or, or are, are called on to help in a more significant way, uh, whatever it is, uh, even just hearing somebody's you know, difficulties and then praying for them, recognize that these are things building up community. And, and this is near and dear to God's heart. Um, we want to just wrap up here and recognize, again, we're called to be and do something together that we could never be and do on our own. And that's why we need community. We had that uh, just summed up as they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. And so again, community groups, discipleship, pastoral care, and mission. And uh, what an opportunity we have uh, to, to spur one another on and to uh, really take hold of the calling that God has given to us. I want to close that time there. Uh, I want to invite, uh, if you have any questions or observations or uh, any experiences that you think would be uh, helpful for us to contemplate as we wrap up, uh, I would invite you to do so.